0: welcome to the soul savvy podcast your home to sneaker culture community and connections our goal is to provide you with industry insights that you can't find anywhere else as well as news and stories from the people who helped build sneaker culture into what it is today from designers to photographers to brand experts we give you the real scoop on what's going on in the sneaker world as it relates to you the consumer. What up everyone? New episode of the Soul Savvy podcast. I've got Marco here joining me to talk about what I am officially calling <laughs> the bottom in the sneaker industry as far as releases, pricing, everything goes. Just so much has changed in the last three years. Um, Marco, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. It's an exciting topic because there are so many different angles to look at
0: it. Um, but if you like buying shoes and you missed out on the shoes, it's it's kind of a nice time. Oh man, it's a great, great time. Um, and I saw somewhere passing. Um, I think it was on thread, Someone essentially, essentially saying, if if you're complaining about the state of sneakers right now and you're unhappy, you, you, nothing is ever going to make you ha- happy because you you just aren't looking at it the way that you know a real sneakerhead should. You're just distracted by by the hypey stuff. So I think that's the first thing I would say is yes, there's stuff that's like really hard to get. and It probably resells for money, but like that's just. That's just the inevitability of limited edition shoes having low stock, right? That's not what we're here to talk about today.
1: Yeah, two things before we we get into that. First thing yeah. is follow us on Threads. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen there, but Expect- it's exciting right now. It's a new yeah. platform. Yeah. Um, we're trying to figure out, you know, what's what's something we can do differently on there that we're that we're not doing on other platforms. And, For sure. Um, we know what is what has happened to sneaker Twitter and, you know, and then we know what that IG algorithm is like, and obviously yeah. is open. but it, it could be something cool. So follow some threads. Soul Savvy. The second thing is you said something really interesting right now, but there's a podcast for its own episode, but I was thinking about this yesterday because I saw like the restocks, uh, like in their stuff on sound and it's like, is there another industry in the entire world when it comes to like consumerism and material things where the top, where the number one audience The most vocal audience the most loyal audience also is kind of like constantly rooting against their favorite brands it's like everyone's so quick to call a nike a brick or Mm -hmm. the clown at an outlet or for being on sale but then turn around and cry when they can't get them because they sell out too fast it's so fascinating i don't know i I don't know another industry like basketball for example i follow my team and i'm never rooting for them to fail when they they do fail i'm upset and i complain but I'm. Never like, oh, I hope this trade doesn't work out so the Lakers can really know that they messed up. No, I want it to work. And mm-hmm. then for sneakerheads, it feels like every shoe, they kind of like want it to fail so they can say, aha, Nike got you. And I'm like, it's just so backwards because then you give all your money to them too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that that's a kind of a, I don't know if it's whiplash or a repercussion of what happened from 2020 uh, 20 and 2021. But like, I think you and me have said it on this podcast a handful of times before. This is really a, a reset a, a, and a start of a new era in sneakers that goes back to 2015, 2016 when things were sitting and, and not selling out. Um, and I think ultimately that's just really healthy. This idea that, oh, not the idea. This this two year stretch that we lived through um, that was mm-hmm. fueled by you know late shipments and stimulus checks um, and extra disposable income from you know being essentially stuck at home it's just not real. It ever was real. Um, It's never ever coming back to that point because ultimately um, money revenue growth year over year is what keeps the stock price from going down, right? And that is always going to drive the business at every brand, right? You want to have a better Mm -hmm. year than you had last year. And the only way to make more money than last year is to make more product that sells and sells at the margins you want, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the brands... um, you know, if we take a take a step back, the only people that benefited from kind of the pandemic era sneaker craze were brands because they didn't have to really do anything to sell out product. Yeah. And resellers who were just making um, hand over fist money off of actual people who wanted to wear their shoes. Everyone else lost, yep. right? Um, yeah. And that dynamic has changed.
1: Yeah. And I also think it was, the pandemic is uh, its own beast when it comes to people's uh buying behavior like for like me like even me for example during that time as you mentioned yeah I, you know i you know i live in a major metropolitan city i like to go out try new restaurants and and do fun things on the weekends when all of that gets taken away you suddenly are left with this um you know assuming you you're fortunate enough to, to still be working and i know that yeah. was a tough time for a lot of companies um and you you started to like almost see these shoe drops as like Way more accessible than ever before, and then even if they would sell out, it's like ah, it's you know, it's it's It's, it's like an asset. You had all this, you had all this extra, and they were just flowing with product. And and again, like for the for the first year or two after the pandemic, I almost was like trying to continue that, but then my life yeah. got back to normal, so I started going out again. I started traveling. I started eating e- eating out, and then I realized, oh well, this is not sustainable. I can't be buying every yep. release anymore just because exactly. it's there like i did during the pandemic and the other thing is and um is it wasn't like the pandemic happened and then boom stuff started selling now the period leading up to the pandemic was one of the best footwear periods ever right yep. we thought we had garen strong formerly of jordan brand in the aj1 uh franchise on our podcast last year like that yep. era from 2017 to 2019 was er- on fire so to do that and then to boom, the world stops, but the shoes keep coming. It was the perfect storm of, of that. And, and explains kind of how we got into that crazy era of buying behavior and and also just product flying.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and I think that's, um, yeah, there's, there's so much to, to, to digest here. Um. I, I don't even know where to start. I have so many notes, but let, 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 <clears throat> let's let's start here. I think the number one thing, which we've said to members um, for a long time is, is just stop paying resale and be patient because you literally never know when something is going to restock or get reissued and re-released um, or get found in a warehouse or is being held. Like, just stop. If there's something reselling, just take a step back and, and stop because um, we're seeing that this week alone. I want to say there was... Five or six um, restocks on Nike, um, maybe actually more. There was the two Union um, AJKO Lowe's, Air Jordan 2 Chicago's, Air Jordan 3 Wizards, the AJ6 Toro Bravo on Nike, but hadn't sold out everywhere. Today, we saw the dark marina ones, the washed um, the washed pink ones as well, the women's colorway. Like These are all shoes that were gone and you couldn't find, and, and now they're just available and sitting in the drops app linking out to, to sneakers um, and Nike.com, but like product is coming back, so having patience right now more than ever is super important. Um, and is it is it normal for these restocks to happen, ones where, again, we can look at the Dark Marina ones or um, the Jordan 2 Chicago's. Uh, the, I think the White Cement 3s recently came back in a restock as well. Um, is this normal? Is this planned from your perspective? Yeah,
1: that wasn't my part of the business when i worked at the brand however i i would know about like hey there's a plan for north america to hold stock of this shoe because of a of a grand opening for example right a new flagship right. opening but i'm never at this scale so to me i think that this is more a continue continuation of like delays and logistics because of the pandemic yeah. Um, than it is planned. But then, like, I'm sure there are a ton that were planned as well, right? Like, these little surprise and delight moments, Sneakers Day, uh, right? Um, the UK has Sneakers Day, and then we, there's all these moments, right? So when you combine already planned moments for a restock with, like, 10 times as many unplanned moments, right? Like, delays, things getting shipped back, things getting yeah. lost on a boat, then you get to this thing where it's like, we get more restocks than actual releases anymore, like release dates.
0: Yeah, I mean, the most exciting thing, exciting things this week were a shock drop of uh UNC's i guess that was last week shock drop of the um the UNC to Chicago uh women's lows all these other restocks like it it's crazy that that stuff is popping back up um i think uh something to note around like the pandemic fueled um sneaker craziness it it is twofold right um one as you mentioned like people had had extra money, you just were going out to restaurants, and that's why we're seeing such a massive slowdown right now in June and July because it's summer. Europe has never been busier. They're saying like mm. tours are taking over, hotels are more expensive, flights are more expensive because they know people are traveling and 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 they can um, charge more. Essentially, for the demand, right? That income is is shifting into other places, uh, hospitality experiences, while the tech sector is, is struggling, media is struggling, econ- like uh, not economy um, travel and, and hospitality that is thriving right now. Cause that's where, where people's capital is going. And then the other thing is like, you know, brands are planning this stuff 18 months out, two years out. And I, you know, I know you were there. Um, and you can clarify like right now in July and August, what are brands internally planning for? They're planning for 2025, right?
1: I think parts of the brand aren't like, yeah. uh, but I know, like, at the end of last year, like, you of 2022, you know, talking to some folks there, they were already starting starting to think about spring 24. Right. So, oh, clearly over a year ahead. But, like, yep. they kind of really have it mapped out. Like, they for sure already have a calendar year mapped out, right? You know what's going to happen. Like, and you can predict what their big moments are going to be. Sure. Um, I think everyone, like, we're seeing that, hey, right now. Spring is going to be this, this, and this. Red um, so, but yeah no i would say right now they're probably either at fall 24 spring 25 as far as planning goes yeah. of course like um way ahead of that when it comes to to design and things like that but like yeah. actual plans what's going to be the priority who's getting the one units this yeah. is one you see, you start to see things leak earlier than usual now yeah. because you know I, I don't know the exact time you will you actually might know the exact time better because of your retail relationships but things leak when buyer sheets go out buyer sheets usually right. go out a few seasons before so you'll yep. start to see oh we're starting to see like fall 24 and it's like oh that's because the buying sheets are going out yeah um, meaning the rate ready to to seeing who's gonna buy what
0: yeah dude two two quotes okay one um from a retailer i was speaking with a source um he said spring summer 24 is going to be painful it mm-hmm. is going to be dry and it's very clear the brands know that and I'm preparing for the worst right now. Okay. And then two, uh, to talk about, you know, saying around 2025, I had a conversation where where they were saying, oh, they're not going to, they're putting this on hold and they're waiting until 2025 because it's not in the plans right now. So it's just being shelved. and it's just like, oh damn, like, like they are thinking that far ahead. And, and I bring that up yeah. because whatever is happening right now, we will not see an adjustment or a correction to it until 2025. Um, I think at the earliest, and that that's tough, right? Like we could be in from for the next 18 months to the end of 2024. This same type of like sneaker economy, which is, in my opinion, very healthy market pricing. It's normal. This is normal. This is okay, right? Um, yeah. And an and an inventory level that, um. I don't know if it's too high, and I'll explain why I don't think it's too high. But there is a little bit of it's being pushed, right? If social status indeed has four Nike attacks coming, boy, you know, clot three dunks, they were limited. They're they're going to sell out. There's there's a little too much happening from a collaboration perspective. That made sense two years ago. That doesn't just doesn't make sense right now. And I think that's where we're going to notice the most pain.
1: I agree. But I think that the consumer said, we want more collabs. Stop making collabs so limited. We're tired of these GRs. And brand said, you know what? How about we listen to you? We will do more collabs. Matter of fact, (laughs) we will treat collabs sort of like GRs. You'll get four thick colorways, the storytelling, the packaging, the the whole thing you wanted from these collabs. We'll give you that. Like, example social status with the Mac Attack. Amazing storytelling, packaging. Yeah. All, all of the above, man. Checking every box.
0: The Jordan 12.
1: Yeah, now the consumer's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I said I wanted collabs that nobody else could have. I didn't say I wanted collabs that everybody could have. So now <laughs> the brand's like, yo, what the heck? Like, so yeah. now GRs aren't cool. But now co- co- the thing is, ju- collabs became GRs because the buyer demanded that. And now that collabs or GRs, the, the buyer is reacting with their pocket and saying, uh, oh, I'm not, I'm not really feeling these anymore. So yeah. it's like you you can't win um in, in this situation if your job is to figure out the right amount of units, because like what every sneakerhead is basically saying is I want there to be enough pairs for me to get one. Yeah, but not for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, if it was and up to every sneakerhead. They would make one shoe for that person.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you, but I do think the buyer's kind of um, request, which is like, "Hey, uh, make more for me," and the brand's reaction to that, it, it is rooted in an unrealistic time frame of those kind of two years where everything was just a disaster, yep. right? Um. So I think it's finding finding that balance and and you know they might be asking for it, but they don't know truly what they want, right? And um yeah, yeah. and again, but again, like GRs. Um the result of no one wanting a GR now was because all we were treated to was collaborations for a while because it was hard to get GRs kind of into the country, it wasn't a priority, right? Yeah. Um and, and we saw we saw that all the way through. Well, um, I
1: even see people like clowning, you know, you'll go to the store and be like, Oh, look at all this stuff sitting, and I'm like, in what world, if you love shoes, is it a bad thing when you walk into a store and ten good pairs are available? Right? Yeah, like, man. The what best. world? Like it, it's like it's like if you compare it to another any other industry, right? Let's say you love uh, uh you love sushi, right? And you go to your favorite sushi spot, and they have all the best sushi you ever wanted, all available, all fresh. Are you going to be like, bro, this is whack? That we didn't even sell out? I don't want it. No, you're going to be stoked. But when it comes to shoes, you go in there and it's almost like first instinct to take a photo to clown it, and it's yeah, like it's
0: it's an yeah it's an unhealthy you know, mindset.
1: I I don't know what your shelves were invented. It had to be hundreds, thousands of years ago, like long time ago. But shelves were invented for things to be on them, yeah. And then shelves yeah. and stores were invented for shoes to be on them. So we walk in there and we and we act confused why there's shoes on the shelf.
0: And, it's it's and... so weird. And why do stores exist, right? And I think that's a a perfect segue for me, which is like, you know, we are seeing stores moving very quickly to pay bills, to not go into a credit hold with brands, right? You get the inventory, you have net 30, net 60 to pay it. Um, You're usually getting anywhere from like 42 to 50% off um, is your wholesale wholesale markup. Man, I've never seen stores discount to 30, 40, and 50% so fast. Um, it is crazy because ultimately the bills are stacking up and you have to pay them. And, and the GRs, the inline stuff is even harder to sell right now, which is why we're seeing 70% off right at stores because they just, they just need money back to pay the next bill to get the next order in the door. And I think this was something that like, you know, we were, I was actively trying to get Um, a Nike account, right? And and as I had more conversations with store owners and e-commerce managers, and and I was asking, they're like, "Don't do it," because for those thirty six pairs of Travis Scott ones, you're gonna get, you're gonna have to buy tens of thousands of dollars worth of Travis Scott merchandise, Mm -hmm. which might not sell. And then on top of that, three hundred Air Force Ones that is gonna be really hard to sell. It's just a really tough, really tough gig to play in, right? And um, I think that's where I probably feel the feel bad the most for is is the small boutique, the, the local owner who's managing a small business, employing like 10 people and is really being hit hard by this adjustment um, in pricing and demand in the in the sneaker industries. The big brands, it, it doesn't affect them. and I'll explain why, but yeah, the small owners, I think is, is going to be a really tough place. And uh, I'm worried we're going to lose some of our favorite um, boutiques due to this.
1: Uh, yeah, man, I have the same fear. And it's funny the other day, one of my buddies hit me up and he was it's like hey did you catch that nike sale and like for a guy who loves the brand and works in the industry i didn't know what he was talking about because <laughs> i'm like he's like yeah there was an all day 60 70 percent on sale on the site and i was like dude I, it almost feels like it's that every day now and then he yeah. was like oh i was really he's like he's like so what should i do i really wanted to get some like you know a clean pair of air max so he's a guy who's a stylish but not a sneakerhead. Yeah. Like i wanted a pair of you know some air max ones or 90s or something you know something clean and then I was like, dude, you can get that show on discount probably any day of the week from multiple places. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset that you missed this sale. Like that yeah. sale is like, that, that wasn't a one-time thing. So it just yeah. goes to show you that like sneakerheads are really in tune with what's happening, but the average consumer is still kind of getting used to it because yeah. th- they see sneaker culture from a way different lens than we do because they're zoomed out. They still think everything's hard to get and crazy yeah. and people are paying yeah. themselves for Panda Dunks still on Goat and StockX when those things crazy. are just Kind of available in no, retail now, right?
0: <laughs> oh, man. They've been just talking uh, all the time and taking hours to sell. They've been really easy to get um, through Drops app monitors. Um, I mean, links on the internet. like Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can, can you clarify the 30 net 30 net 60 thing again? I, I know what it is a little bit, but yeah. I think it's important for, for those who want to understand a little bit more behind the scenes on like the retail and, and just the money yeah. thing that goes on and why, that's, why that timetable is kind of like forcing people to put stuff on sale faster.
0: Yeah. um, Net 30 or net 60 just defines like the day that you get an invoice from a brand is when do you have to pay that invoice, right? So if you get a bill for $10,000 from Nike or New Balance or Asics today, because you bought $10,000 worth of shoes at wholesale and the terms are net 30, in 30 days you need to pay that money or you're late, right? Just like your credit card. Um, But the challenge is for a lot of stores, they're not cash rich. It's not keeping hundreds of thousand dollars in the bank. Look, the undefeateds and the kits of the world, I think that is their reality because they're much larger corporations, essentially, and they can afford to play in the 20 to 30% off. But, you know, the smaller boutiques that are, you know, independently owned, operated and financed. um, The reality is if something hasn't sold out in a week or two, or it's not trending towards a a sellout um, on day 30, you're allowed to discount it. Um, There's there's, pricing rules uh, specifically within Nike and Jordan that are are strict that you can't discount within 30 days. Um, So on tape 31, I mean, the reality is like, let's just get it out the door. So I don't lose any money. Right. Which is generally for most stores going to be like 40 ish percent. uh, You you got 3% credit card processing fee, but it's really just a a race to get your money back because the next shipment's coming and the next invoice is going to be due um and you just have to go through that I, cycle it, over and over again
1: yeah it's interesting i think what that's caused is kind of like this race to who could be the earliest to drop something on their website without getting in trouble oh my so, god like, the, the yeah. old like hey this release is 9 a.m eastern on friday and it's like wednesday afternoon and it's like random boutiques who by the way i don't blame
0: like don't who who are, who, are,
1: who are being like hey by the way she's available now on our site because they're just like if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it and then I'm going to be stuck with this inventory. Right. And so you're it's looking, like,
0: again, especially yeah. as like an individually, you know, a, a, I'm talking like small boutique business, right? You know, you got two, 300 pairs, whatever it might be. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll accidentally publish it to the <laughs> internet and see what happens. I, I don't blame those stores. So,
1: and, and yeah. I don't, I think Nike's like not really cracking down anymore. I remember even no. just five years ago, if you released a Jordan, if you released Jordan images early, there, there. It would be like a whole thing, right? Like yeah. the, we were controlling the the narrative, or 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 trying to plan the narrative as best as we could, and that included rollouts, included what time you can go and sell. Nobody goes before sneakers, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. now it's like it's a kind of the wild, wild west. But I don't think Nike's cracking down because they're just like, hey, whatever you need to do to keep selling these shoes, our shoes, yeah, just do it because we're gonna take care of ours. They they know they're yeah. gonna figure theirs out. If not, and- the outlets. yeah Yeah, they have they have like you mentioned you're the one that really put me onto this uh to to this um idea not idea but the reality is that nike can liquidate their stuff way easier than everybody else because of the outlets whereas a boutique can't really do that
0: no exactly yeah great great segue and i'll just add one last thing to the kind of like those releases going early except if it's like high visibility travis Scott. Tiffany, nope. SP, yeah, no Y'all, chance. Do not fuck around with like the high visibility releases. You will get a, a smack on the wrist. Um, at the yep. minimum, I'm talking about like we're talking about like everyday kind of like regular Saturday releases. So, to yeah, and- but to your point, like
1: yeah. they don't need to drop those early because they're going to fly anyways. Exactly, but, uh, yeah, for totally, sure, totally
0: valid, for sure, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so to to use that to use that segue, um, from a brand perspective, and why this really isn't an issue for them is because. I don't know what it costs to make a Jordan 1. I'm not going to sit here and even throw a number out there, but I know it's not $180. It's not $200 to make a Jordan 6, right? So when you sell a $200 retail Jordan to a store, they're, again, generally getting it for 40 to 50% off. For the simple sake of this conversation, say $100 is what they're buying it for. If you're Nike, from a direct to consumer perspective, every pair you sell for above 50%, um, you're making more money, right? If you if you sell it for 20, 30%, you're making more money than you would if the boutique sold it for you, right? So it's really not a loss for a brand, any brand, until it gets to like 60% off. Then you're like losing some money if a store had sold it. But again, you're still making a substantial margin based off your actual cost itself to create it. So there's no losing um, situation from a financial perspective for the brands. Uh, the only place that they 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 will lose here is perception and that's really it is perception around hype and i and i know um you have some thoughts on that
1: yeah no i think that is a dangerous game to play for every brand and it's funny we're having this conversation internally this morning with with the team we're putting together just you know some 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 social content on with everyone's favorite new balance because you know, there is a lot of variety that New Balance has in their catalog, and, and everyone has a favorite. They're all comfortable. They all look nice. They're all good materials. But yeah. then we start talking about the 550, and, and and a prediction that I had at the end of last year was that the 550 kind of grew too fast. It, it came in hot. It was it was, it was was the cool kid in school. And then you turn it around one day, and everybody had it. And it's just like natural human nature to want to stand out and to want to be exclusive. And I think yep. the Jordan 1 had tears, right? You had the collabs, you had the OG colorways, you had the the OG color blocking, the modern color blocking, like the toe series that is really popular. Yep. And then you also had like other stuff that you kind of like, in your head, at least me, it was like, that's a cool shoe, but like, that's not necessarily like a shoe, like a Marina blue. For someone like me, I'm lucky enough to have Royals is my favorite shoe of all time colorway. Hey so it's like, I don't need the Marina blue. That's a nice shoe. But like I understand that that is maybe for um, a different sort of consumer, yeah, or a maybe collector. a newer, a, a newer sneakerhead, or maybe yeah. like an OG sneakerhead who didn't have a royal or who just really liked that color blocking. But me, they're yeah. they're yeah, yeah they're yeah. able to control. You need to get some royals. There are really, they're really fairly I have, priced right now. <laughs> I
0: have royals, but I do. Okay. I like the color blue, and I like that color blocking of the mar- marina. No, so I, night, I bought right? if
1: that shoe had come out before I had collected all these royals. I would have been all over it. For but sure. th- that's that's exactly the point is that they're now. The, the the further we get into this era, the more that the shoes that were tri, you know traditional not traditionally but targeted towards us are blending into the everyday consumer or in some cases the cat, in a lot of cases the casual consumer. So for us we we naturally start to see it as less cool. Like a perfect example is is the the taxis, great shoe, great color blocking something everybody wanted for a for a long time, two, three yeah. years ago, she would have been top ten of the year easily. Yeah. Um, the UNC toe—I so just got mine in the mail. Holy moly, that's a beautiful shoe. Yeah. But it's like it's—it's it, it's a beautiful shoe if you don't have a UNC AJ one, and, and and you Which need is... another or you want another one or you collect yeah. those. But it's like I think I think you're right. It's like yeah. that one sold out. Obviously, the shock drop. We'll see how the main release does. I think it'll be fine because UNC is kind of a yeah. kind of um, a hack for the brand, but it definitely is start like it, it it's a, another example of how the AJ one high is starting to like I wouldn't say fall off because like, you don't fall off when you're the most popular shoe in the world Yeah, you just kind of like it, it's like when people say oh yeah Le- 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 LeBron slowing down yeah but he's still all NBA right like yeah it, it's an impossible standard to stay as hot as the AJ one was for those three or four years forever yeah. but an example is like now people even think the lows are cooler. <laughs> like so it's like, oh yeah. we need some like the consumer, the sneakerhead consumer is always searching for a way to be a little bit more exclusive than the average person. So yeah. now it's like, oh, you don't got you don't got lows. Um and I'm not talking about lows that drop every week. I'm talking about you don't got OG lows, you don't got yeah, big yeah, yeah, yeah. lows, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So um uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely I would say hurting the 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 shoe's status, but the shoe makes so much money. If you're if you're Jordan and you're Nike and you're planning, you're like, hey, do we stop the one now, a billion dollar business, so yeah. that a small percentage of our consumer base, who in large parts dictates trends, yeah. sneakerheads, fashionistas, et cetera, think it's cool, or do we just full on say, hey, this is the new Air Force One, this is the new Chuck Taylor? Love it or hate it, it's not going anywhere, and you can't say it's a bad shoe because it'll never be a bad
0: shoe. And it's and it and it's not going anywhere because revenue. That's it. that's of course, yeah. That's why I don't blame
1: them. Yeah, plain you, and simple. They, right? you, you could try your best to make it to make it special, but you've already decided that the three four hundred k range is going to be pretty normal. I, I'm just uh, like that's just my assumption for I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas a couple years ago, it might have been more than two three, and then before that, the one, to two. Um yeah. I think they can. Slow down collabs though. Like, hey, maybe maybe you only do one or two AJ1 collabs a year, and then those start to feel special again. Um, yeah. Or maybe nope. you do none, and you like, hey, we're only doing collabs on fours and fives or sixes and sevens or whatever. So there are ways to to, to keep a, a tier of the AJ1 special, but um I think they decided, and it's smart that they're they're going to uh, appeal to the masses here on when it comes to the franchise.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely, uh, and I think they will find creative ways to make limited in demand of any model because they want to they wanna drive that. If that's the goal to make a limited edition shoe that people lose their mind over and are willing to pay $1,000 for, that's really easy to do for them and they will do it. It's just a matter of that being the goal, right? And that's not always the goal because the majority of the time, the goal is to make money. Um, and just to touch on, you know, you mentioned um, outlets. Outlets are back, man. Um, shout out to Air Max Trend. I saw him, he picked up the undefeated Air Force One collaboration at his local outlet. I think for like 80 or 90 bucks, like 50% off or something like that. And yeah, that's um, crazy. But, that, but that's the thing, not on sale at Nike.com, not on sale on sneakers, not available on there, but it's in a place where the consumer who is price sensitive and smart and looking and hunting, mm-hmm. find that. and And that's, again, for Nike, you just sold it to the same price you would have sold it to another store you're you're always always winning um and, wanna, and, and your yeah. consumer feels good about it right they feel yeah, like, exactly.
1: they got, like like it, it feels it feels like you won the hunt
0: exactly exactly um so i want i want to touch on a, a, um a couple quick hitters and a member question to wrap up the podcast um i think what we're seeing right now around um some nike sb's restocking and and hitting you know um the white gum the black gum um, stuff like that becoming more gr is because yep. again revenue. Why? What? What does Nike get from a black and white gum SB being worth three hundred dollars? Nothing at all. Exactly. You keep exactly. bringing that thing back until it's fifty bucks on sale and no one wants it. um So they're going to keep doing that. And same this, with
1: like the the, the yep. uh, school series. Sorry to cut you off, yep. but like yep, same yep. exact thing is like yep. those drop. They were pretty limited. And then you're like, why is a Kentucky selling for 700 This nope. is a plain-ass colorway. It what? doesn't even have Kentucky's name on it. So it's like the, they don't benefit as much from that shoe being worth 700 on the aftermarket as they would for just like selling another yeah. 150000 of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is also why the question kind of came up. and might be another podcast ahead of um, um, Kobe's birthday. Um, This is why I think... The Kobe line will be, for the most part, accessible and a large um, revenue driver because they know they can sell units, and they will sprinkle in the hyper limited releases. I think the the Reverse Grinch coming out in December are going to be so limited on purpose because they need something to be hard to get, and I think the rest of the Kobe line in footwear will be accessible because they know they can sell. Pairs and that leads to revenue, right? That is always what's going to be driving things and and dictates these restocks or reissues or the panda dunk coming out every every six weeks, because they know they can sell it. Why would they not do that?
1: Yeah, the Kobe one would be interesting. Um, I'm curious to That's see. That's my. If it's bet. like
0: no, no, no. And I hope
1: you're right. But I was listening to I saw a clip from uh, the Complex Sneakers podcast last week, and I think Brandon was saying, "Hey, if you had asked me a couple of years ago." What would be a more successful retro business? It would have been the LeBron over the Kobe, and not, neither of those could touch Jordan, right? And but then you know because of because of the tragedy and, and the then, scarcity, now it looks overwhelmingly clear that the Kobe will have a more successful long term retro business, right? For sure, because we all remember even in the beginning of twenty twenty before Kobe's passing, you, you you can get you can get the Kobe's are just sitting, right?
0: Um, yeah, chaos
1: is undefeated pack, etc. Yeah, so that that thought. Um, is true and it, and it's given Nike this opportunity to really serve his fans in a way that that they want to be served but also you have to be careful right because yeah um it, it, you you could you could turn it on just a little too much and we could see what could happen to a brand when when I a mean, it people feel like it's too accessible so I think yeah. you're right on the limited ones I would love to see some sort of like team packs where they do like the basic colorways and it's like, hey, if you played high school sports, and your team is blue, red, black, orange, whatever, boom, yeah,
0: like, yeah, yeah, like no.
1: you can go get these. They're sick. Yeah, they're pro tros But like, yeah, the Grinch is some of the some of the retros they bring back. I I think there's a balance to be played with there, and I'm excited to see what they do because it's really never happened before. This is no. this is the first time in the industry's history where you're dealing with something so delicate, but yeah. also so much demand.
0: Also, important note, um, they lost the Kyrie vertical as far as one of the mm. best basketball shoes. So that's what that's why my belief is they were going they will find a balance um that yeah. will generate a lot of revenue, and make a lot of people happy. Um, but we will see. we we'll, maybe we'll we'll get a more in-depth conversation around this. Um in Well, August. who's the
1: rival right now for the 180, 190 market for basketball? Because all of the most popular shoes I see today with the kids are in like that 110, 120, and even 130 when you think about metal ball, even when you think about Kyrie's line, what it was. Yep. So, who really is the top shoe in the one hundred eighty, one hundred ninety? LeBron now, but I think his shoes more than that. I think shoes two hundred. Um, so Kobe's in the LeBron in like the Air Jordan thirty-seven range, yep. but like yep. that range, that that lane before the LeBron twenty was definitely for the taking as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely was. Um, okay, final final question um, posed by uh, a, a member. Actually, real quick, I'm going to say I think this. Um, We're seeing what it's doing to bots and resellers, which is it's, I mean, let's say they're retiring (laughs) or moving on. It's just, it's not profitable. It doesn't make sense. It's too expensive to run a bot and proxies for the most part. Um, So there's, they're, they're kind of slowly going away. Um, I
1: saw an ad for people reselling hotel rooms. I saw that. It was targeted to, it was targeted to former sneaker resellers. That shows you where the industry is, right? Now. Yeah. It was the cringiest thing i would ever seen. I'm not wanna cool. hate on anyone's hustle, but it was just like, nah, oh, there's fire. a family trying to take their teenage daughter to go see Taylor Swift. How do we squeeze 20 bucks out of them for a hotel room? Like, please, yeah. man, come yeah, on. No.
0: no, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's just stupid. Um, so to so to this question that was posed by um, a member, do you think we will see a dramatic overcorrect correction in the next two to three years? Do you think this will lead to uh, a change that will be negative for the consumer? And my just real quick short answer is no, because of everything we outlined here, which is revenue growth um, and potential, they, they will find a way to to really find this balance that that is a win-win for everyone.
1: My question is, and you can just make this up based off of how you interpret it, is what are we overcorrecting back to?
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah. So are
1: we overcorrecting back to like things not sitting or are we overcorrecting back to um, like what era? I guess what era would he be referring to that we overcorrect to? But I, a I'm reaction. with you. Yeah. I don't think I think the answer is no, because. If, if I was just thinking about sneakerheads, let's say we were a super niche like industry, like I, I can't think of anything that's like this niche, that's a collector, collector hobby then i would say i would rolex is a good example i think i don't know anything about watches but one of my buddies is really into them and he was telling, telling me like rolex kind of like overcorrected and said hey we're supposed to be a status symbol we're supposed to be hard to get so they pulled back and it it, it like i i i think there's a correlation there I, i'm not i'm not um in in tuning up with that business yeah. but i think that's a good one um but Sneakers can't do that because if we we're trying to overcorrect to five years ago during what like a lot of people my age or our age think is like really really fun time in sneakers, there are easily twenty five x, if not a hundred x more passionate consumers today that exist that didn't exist then with buying power. Yeah. So you can't overcorrect. Like, why would you overcorrect back to an era where you're only serving? At that point, 10% of your actual base, because five years ago, there just weren't that many people into sneakers as there are today. There were a ton, don't get me wrong. It's not yeah. like we were we were a bunch of like, like the, the most niche community of all time, right? No, sneakers have been big for a long time. But in the last five years, like, you know, it. L- look at, you know, we get you know, new members all the time who had just, you know, started collecting a year ago. And I think that's what? dope. Those people weren't there five years ago. So there's no really reason for a brand to go, to want to go back to that era.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think that's that's a valid um, question on, like, what are we course correcting to? Is it 2020? Then the answer is absolutely not. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just
1: I'm genuinely curious. So it could be yeah. like course correcting back to, like, being selling out, which, again, like, I would argue it, it, it is, is not, it's leaving money on the table for brands.
0: Exactly. That's just what I go back to. Um, I forget what the number is. Um, and I, I again, we reference Nike and Jordan a lot because, like, they are the top dog. As far as sales, revenue, percentage of whatever, everything. Um, I think the number's like fifty billion. They're trying to get to um, in revenue. That's crazy. I yeah. have a question about that. Why?
1: Like your brand, you're already the best brand in the world. Like, like can one day you be like, hey, we did it really good this year. Next year, we're gonna try to do about the same. Like, why is it always? I guess the stock the, market and shareholders, but you know, why it's... can't you be like, yo? 49 billion, pretty
0: good. Welcome, welcome to, welcome to business. That's what it is. It's really, you have stocks and you need to perform. And, um, that's why I think ultimately they will find the balance of driving like engagement and scarcity within the sneakerhead community while also maximizing, um, inventory stock sell through margins and making as much money as possible. That is at the end of the day, the goal for, for, for them as a company, right? Any company, um,
1: don't yeah, tell sneakerheads that because they think that yeah, Nike CEO I'd, stays up at night thinking how to make them happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people could do that. It would help if some some people did that. But uh, no, overall, it it is it it's 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 about a balance. Um, let's let's wrap there. I think we will have a lot more conversations about this shift in sneakers. But I'm I'm calling the bottom. This is the bottom for me. I we're we're talking seventy percent off white on white Air Force Ones. Being thirty percent off, Panda Dunks not selling out. Panda Dunks ten dollars, five dollars below retail. All these restocks. This is a an amazing time to be a sneaker consumer. Um, I'm super happy with the current state of availability and pricing in the market.
1: One hundred percent. I expected Lost and Found to be eight hundred by now, and you can get them for three fifty. So, like that's that's beautiful. If you missed out on those, and I, I, obviously, I would love you. I would love you to get those for retail. But there are going to be shoes that are just going to like like that are continue to be shoes you can't get for retail just because yeah. they're going to be so scarce unless yeah. you're using Soul savvy but even then right like <laughs> something then. like a lost and found like i didn't hit for retail but the yeah. fact that you can go buy that for less than double retail to me is a win uh, and a sign of, uh it's, in the, it's it, things are going in the right direction if that shoe is available for for in the 300s
0: I agree I agree i think uh we're in a really good place in sneakers and stuff's always going to sell out and stuff a lot more stuff is not and the pricing is in a reasonable place for um a collectible that's just the reality yeah Yeah, i don't i don't
1: hate like so our our, i I hate to keep dragging the song but i think this gets misconstrued a lot is like people think that like um our stance on 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 resale and retail is like everything should be retail yeah in a perfect world but then like we just spent an hour talking about how that would make people not want it anymore um there's going to be things that are scarce there's like you know you're not going to be able to get air easy twos for what they retail for that's just collector culture that's just how these things work but i think i love seeing stuff at 300 versus 800 and like that that is nice that reminds me of 2016
0: yeah dude Uh, hundred percent uh i am a very like i said already maybe nine times i'm a very happy sneakerhead right now um perfect balance of like the thrill and the hunt and the chase and the demand with the like yo i just got these for like 40 bucks this is amazing um unfortunately for me i have way too many sneakers so i have to pick and choose my battles but for someone new man amazing time um marco thank you thank you for 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 joining me um it's been, it's been a good one. hope everyone enjoys this episode of the podcast. And uh, if you're a member, jump into the Soul Savvy Podcast channel. Leave us your thoughts and potential ideas for another episode. That's where um, this the last two actually came from. So shout out to the community. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Savvy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on social media at soul savvy with one v on all platforms to learn more about soul savvy and join our community please visit www.soulsavvy.com join